again, you're listening to one-on-one Alex Smith alongside Matt Sinise. And now we do have Florida men's basketball head coach Tom Pecora on the line. Coach, how are you today? All right, guys. How are we doing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, doing great. Now, Coach, you're out on the road recruiting right now. So how's that been going so far? It's going well. I'm up in uh, Albany, New York for the state tournament. I was here uh, yesterday, and I'll be here throughout today and this evening and head back down uh, sometime tomorrow. So uh, recruiting is going well. As you guys know, uh, it never ends, uh, especially as soon as the season's over. You generally get out there and and uh, try to get on, uh, you know, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And I actually saw a couple freshmen in games last night that, uh, that we'll put on our list as well. So you just keep grinding at it. Now, Coach, one of the things that you told us all season long was that winning on the road is magic. So I got to go back to that last game of the season. How nice was it to get that conference road win in a hostile environment like St. Bonaventure? What was that like for the program? Well, it was bittersweet. I mean, I think it was very important for us to get that monkey off our back. I, I, I believe it had been over four seasons, uh, you know, per, since uh, a road win in the Atlantic 10. So to put that to rest was a good thing. But at the same time, to realize what we were capable of and if we had played on that level on, on a couple other occasions, we would have been able to break that streak a little bit earlier in the year. But I think it sends us, I know it sends us into the postseason with a, with a positive. And, uh, you know, we've had a couple meetings. The guys are back uh, after two weeks off. They're back to, to lifting five days a week with our strength coach, uh, Ted Perlack. And then uh, we'll start our individual workouts uh, a week from Monday. Uh, speaking of, of thinking of things in a positive way, I want to say oh, this year it was a tough year especially with Gaston in and out of the lineup, a lot of injuries. But do you think that, that the young guys having to step up in the absence of Gaston will help in the future? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I think you know, that it speeds up the maturation process for the young guys. Uh, all those minutes on the floor, you know, uh, it, it allows them to get a feel for what goes on, the speed of the game, different situations in the course of it. So uh, a positive does come out of the negatives of, of what took place. But, you know, it was challenging it. Being this young and having the kind of conference, uh, non-conference schedule we had, I mean, we played 20 of 31 games on the road, and we can never do that again. We have to make sure that doesn't happen. As we move into next year and we finalize our schedule or, and we continue to work on that, we're going to make sure that that's not the case. And each year we'd like to, you know, try to play 15 or 18 home games, uh, you know, and, uh, and then the balance on the road. And, Coach, one of these young guys that, that we've talked about all season long is Mandel Thomas. And, again, I want to go back to that St. Bonaventure game. He hit a huge three-point shot that put you guys up by four. Um, was that the play that you drew up for, for, for that situation? Yeah, it's something we drove up. But, but what was impressive about it is we actually ran it all the way through. If you guys recall the play, uh, you know, very often we'll write something up. And, and uh, you know, young teams are very impatient. And sometimes uh, earlier in the year we would not uh, – let the let the play uh, breathe, so to speak, and uh, let the play run its course. And Mandel came off that staggered double, which is the last of three options on that play. And, uh, you know, he had been hot, and we wanted to wear him out and at the same time burn a little bit of clock. So we did uh, – the guys did a great job of executing that perfectly. And, Coach, how much does that say about Mandel that a freshman was able to stay cool, stay collected, and knock down that huge, huge shot in a big spot in the game? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it's crazy that he wasn't an all-rookie all team player for the kind of year that he had and the numbers he put up against some of our best opponents. But it's uh, the future's bright. You know, Mandel's got the opportunity to be an all-conference-level player in the A-10, and he's, uh, you know, he's already, you know, dying to get out there and start working on his game and, and continuing to get better. So, uh, you know, once again, 12 of our 
of our players were freshmen and sophomores. So as they mature and become better players, we in turn will become a better team. Uh, Coach, I want to take a step back for a second and look at the NCAA tournament. Uh, there are five A-10 teams still in the tournament. Well, VCU losing are down to four. Yeah. They're making a lot of noise. Are you surprised by this at all, or did you think that this really shows how strong the conference is? Oh, no, no doubt. I mean, look, we put more teams in the conference than the ACC. Uh, you know, I mean, think about that, the ACC. So that's how strong this league is. And we had a team, you know, 10 teams in the top 100 throughout the year. And, uh, you know, it was, it's a very, very powerful league, and it will continue to be, even with the loss of Xavier and, and uh, Butler. I, I, I still think that, uh, you know, we're going to replace them, if so, uh, with, with very good teams. And if not, this, uh, the young programs are getting better, and we're gonna, still going to have wonderful teams in this conference. So uh, the A-10 this year was a monster. And when you look at, uh, you know, in-conference games, but as, well, as some of the non-conference wins that are, uh, teams have had in our conference. I, I think it speaks in volumes for how good uh, the league is and how good the schedules are that everyone in the league plays when you see their opponents. I was thinking yesterday, uh, looking at the field in the tournament, how many you know how many teams in the field that we did play this year. Obviously, Old Miss, a team who went down and played on in early January, is on a tremendous run. They're going to uh, you know see if they can get to the Sweet 16, and then all of the conference teams, Harvard. Uh, you know, so there's uh, there's really a number of teams that uh, they were on our schedule that uh, are going to be exceptional. Then you look at a Robert Morris, who we played early in the year, who goes and beats Kentucky. Right. So it was a very challenging schedule, and then to play all of those games on the road made it that much more challenging. And and uh, you know, very difficult, obviously, for a young group. Now, Coach, you've seen all these A10 teams that are in the tournament. You've seen them up close and personal. Uh, you know how good they are. So uh, of those teams remaining, do you think any of them could make a really deep run in this tournament? And, and if so, who? Oh, without a doubt. I think St. Louis and Temple definitely can. Uh, you know, I think Temple could. You know, Khalif Wyatt is just a special player. I, he might be the best one-on-one player. Him and Burke from Michigan are probably the two best one-on-one players in the tournament. Uh, and, and Fran Duffy's a heck of a coach. They got, uh, you know, they all play to their strengths. They defend very well Temple. And St. Louis, and you look at their body of work of the year, they're, they're a team on a mission, uh, you know, and uh, they have an opportunity as well, you know. Uh, so I think those two, without a doubt, LaSalle is a sleeper. You know, I, I kind of giggled when I saw that they had a play on Tuesday. I was like, people have no idea how good this LaSalle team is. And uh, for them to go on a run in the tournament wouldn't shock me at all. They have tremendous firepower. You know, they score points, uh, they score points in, in, in buckets. They go on runs that are just incredible. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. But I think all of the teams remaining could advance. Okay, Coach. Now, we do have an email question. We're going to return to the recruiting trail, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. from Chip. And he wants to know, does the administration allow you to go after junior college players, or are you restricted to four-year players only? <coughs> and if you can, are you looking to bring in any junior college players this year? Well, uh, it, it, the administration doesn't say we can't bring in junior college players. But the uh, the issue that we have at Fordham is because it's such a good academic school to find a young man who took junior college courses that are going to fit into a major at Fordham. It's a challenge. And the other thing is that there is a rule on transferable number of credits. So it's not just did he graduate from junior college, okay, we can take him. There has to be a certain number of transferable credits for him to be able to come in. So it takes a special kind of kid very often. If, uh, and we are looking at a couple that went to four-year schools and were NCAA qualifiers and then transferred after their freshman year to a junior college. 
so they had a solid high school transcript and, and, and a solid freshman year. And then basketball-wise, things might not have worked out. There might have been a coaching change, whatever the reasons might be for them to leave. And then, uh, you know, wishing to get re-recruited, they went to a junior college for one year. So there are a couple guys out there we're looking at. But step one in that process is, is we don't move forward on anything until we have a transcript in hand and uh, we send it down the hill and have it evaluated. So it's a challenging uh, it's a challenge for us to, to recruit you go kids. And uh, the same even with four-year college transfers. You know, if they're at a school and they're, and they're majoring in, uh, I don't know, physical education or recreation or, uh, or, or a major that we don't have at Fordham and, and they have a number of their core courses in that, uh, on their transcript, they're not going to be eligible by NCAA rules to come into Fordham. So uh, that makes it a bit of a challenge for us. I believe ourselves and maybe Richmond might be the only two schools in the conference that, that deal with that issue. Alex Smith and Max, uh, Matt Sinise talking to Fordham Rams head coach Tom Pacora right now. Uh, coach, just another emailer question. How much recruiting do you do in European countries and overseas, um, and, and what positions do you really look for when, when you look overseas like that? Uh, well, we do a good amount of it. Tom Parada, who uh, came back on staff with me this year, did all of it when we were at Hofstra, and we had a, a great number of foreign players. We had great Puerto Rican backcourt players. We had um, uh, a number of players from Lithuania. Tom was actually over uh, in Europe for about four days last weekend. And uh, on the European side, they're big players. They're very skilled. So uh, in American terms, stretch foremen, you know, big skilled foremen, mm-hmm. Uh, are, are great players to find over there, we found, uh, over the years. But the, 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 the level of player in Europe now has just gone through the roof. I mean, you just look at the NBA draft and see how many, how many Europeans are getting drafted uh, as compared to Americans. So, uh, you know, we've kind of created a monster over there over the last uh, four or five decades by American coaches going over and, and, and doing great jobs with clinics and teaching them all about the game and the way the game is played. And, uh, their big people especially are very skilled. You know, they've got great skill sets, and they can pass the ball and handle the ball away from the basket as well as shoot it. So it's a good spot to be, and we are going to have a presence recruiting all over Europe. And, Coach, uh, another recruiting question. I'm just curious, if you can, can you tell us the status uh, of the recruits and the commitments right now uh, and, and how it's going to look moving forward here into next season? Yeah, well, I can't talk specifically about, you know, individual players. But, mm. uh, you know, right now uh, – we have two players that are going to be joining us for next year, and uh, we're on the road looking at two more, so uh, to, to, to fill two more spots. We have about six players that we're looking at, and actually up in this tournament, uh, they were, I watched two play against each other last night. So uh, we're probably going to fill two more positions, one being the point guard position, mm-hmm. and then the other being a wing position, somebody who can play multiple positions and score from the wing. So uh, we feel comfortable about our front court, you know, with the recruits we have coming in and, and with the young guys that we have and Ryan Canty, Ryan Rooms, and Travion Leonard. Uh, so that's kind of how we're moving forward with things right now. But as I said, it, there's a lot of moving parts to recruiting. Uh, you know, things can change day to day in the course of recruiting, not only with who you're recruiting, but how many scholarships you have, mm-hmm. what positions you may want to change or fill, things of that nature. So that's kind of where we're at now. But we're on top of it. Okay, Coach, now with – you said uh, 12 guys who are freshmen and sophomores, a lot of guys returning next year. What's kind of the process over the course of the offseason that, that you want your guys to go through to improve themselves and be ready uh, to be better players next year? Right. Well, what we do, as soon as the season ends, we give the guys two weeks off, and their bodies need that. 
Then we give them another two weeks where we don't do any basketball workouts. We do just the strength and conditioning in there, like I said, five days a week. In the spring, we do it in smaller groups, or we do it in groups of three or four, so it's much more intense. The strength coaches with them uh, in a small group and working on specific programs for each player as to what they need to work on and strengthen. Uh, like I said, a week from Monday, we'll start with our individual instruction, and that as well will be groups of four. And we're allowed to do eight hours a week of combined work with all of that, so it's two hours a week of basketball work. And uh, then we also have open gym three nights a week. And in the course of the open gym, you know, they're, they're playing and doing the things that we do as we play during the course of the season, ball screens, things of that nature. And we'll talk very often about things we want to focus on in the course of doing that. Uh, that will go. We can do that until finals. And then when finals start, the NCAA shuts us down. And then things will get picked up and going again throughout the summer. Uh, when they come back in the fall, then we start doing things as a team. We want more camaraderie. We want to be in the weight room together. We want to be doing our workouts twice a week for an hour and do that as an entire team as a practice, just about. And uh, do more, continue to do individual improvement work, but do it in a practice setting uh, for those two hours a week. And then before you know it, we're up and running, and uh, we got Ramtown, and, and we're cranking this thing up again next October. All right, Coach, we have, I have one final question for you here. Uh, I want to talk about Chris Gaston. He's already played a couple of games uh, in Puerto Rico. What has he said to you, and what have you said to him about the experience of playing professional basketball? Well, Chris was able to go over during break and play in a couple of games, and now obviously he's back taking mm -hmm. care of uh, finishing things up uh, school-wise. Uh, you know, the big thing I talked to Chris about was just maturity. I said, you have to understand, you're going to go down there. He's playing for Team Ponce. And their starting backcourt of uh, Carlos Rivera and Rick Apodaca both played for me at Hofstra. Uh, I said, Chris, you got to understand you're playing with grown men. And this is their profession. You know, these guys play in Puerto Rico in the summer, and then in the winter they play in South America or in, in Europe. And this is how these guys feed their families and pay their mortgages. So they take this very, very seriously. And you have to go in there and, and, and be, show them that you're mature enough to handle it to, uh, you know, to understand it's a business and uh, to understand how important it is for everyone when he gets out there. And I think Chris will be, be able to handle it. I've talked to Carlos and Rick about it. They knew he was coming down and going to be part of their team. So I think that they'll both take him under their wing and, and make sure he's taking care of business, hopefully. Florida men's basketball head coach Tom Pecora. Uh, coach, we really need to thank you for always taking time out during the season to talk to us here at WFUV and for taking care of us on the road. Um, it's been a lot of fun covering the team this year, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again, but best of luck moving forward. Well, thanks, guys. It's a pleasure, and uh, just uh, I hope all the Ram faithful keep the faith because we we're going to turn this thing around. I'm as enthusiastic as I've ever been. I still believe that this thing has uh, got a huge upside coming, so keep the faith. All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you guys.